Well, <clears throat> we did the eye screening and we did it together last week. And uh, we're going to see pictures of what it looks like for two different churches to, to come together as gospel partners. Now, what we experienced last week is something, you know, that God promised us. And it is a taste of the power of the cross to bring healing and to break down the barrier of, between racial lines. And that's what we're going to talk about. So if you would open up your scriptures to Ephesians chapter 2. Our church has just gone through this whole book. And I heard that you guys go through the ESV version, which I believe stands for the extra spiritual version, right? Amen? Okay. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 13. Now we got a taste of something. We got a taste of the power of the cross. And we, we got a taste of that together. Verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Can you guys say dividing wall of hostility with me? We're going to talk about that. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Now, in this passage, undeniably, Paul is talking about this wall, this dividing wall of hostility. And I want you to think about this. Let's say we were looking at planet Earth from outer space. What is the one distinguishing human-made landmark that you can see with the naked eye from outer space? Any guesses? The Great Wall of China. Now, I want you to think about this. Humanity. On the planet, they're a great masterpiece. They built something big that you can see from outer space. What was it? A dividing wall of hostility. Let's keep the bad guys out and the good guys in. It was a wall. Says something about our nature, doesn't it? Now Paul is talking about this wall. And you've got to realize when he was talking about this wall, it was an actual wall that he was talking about. Because in the temple, there was a dividing wall of hosti hostility. And this wall separated Jews from non-Jews. So if you were a Jew, you were in. And if you were a non-Jew, you were a Gentile, you were out. You go worship over there, but we got the good stuff in here. And now what was the good stuff? What they had was the law. Now who gave them the law? God gave them the law. But God gave them the law to share with all nations. So you could be a royal priesthood and a holy nation. So they got this gift so they could share it. And what did they do? Instead of sharing it, they said, look at us. We got this law. They don't have this law. We got it. They don't. This is a dividing wall of hostility that came up. We got it. We are better than them. And they were looking down on the Gentiles saying, they don't got it. They're barbarians. We got it. We got the law. We're clean. They're unclean. We're us. They're them. The dividing wall of hostility. 
You can come in upon penalty of death, Gentiles. In, out, clean, unclean, dividing wall. Now, 2,000 years later, we're not much better, are we? Uh, just last week, during the eye screening, I would come home in my car and guess what was on the news? Everybody was talking about the verdict that came out last weekend. The Trayvon Martin case. Splitting America among racial lines. What happened? Last week there was a dividing wall of hostility. 2,000 years, there's still that wall. But the scripture says, but God. Anyone here happy about that? But God. But Jesus Christ. Don't you love it when Jesus Christ butts in? Right? Don't you love it when that happens? The scripture says, but now Christ Jesus has broken down the wall of hostility in his flesh, who has made us both one, created in himself one new man in place of the two. Two churches, one church, one new man, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Now let me explain how he did this 2,000 years ago. Okay, There were two different races. They were brought together in the same church. Now Jesus Christ did it. How did he do it? He killed the hostility through the cross. Jesus, God's son, was sacrificed on the cross. Now the Jews believe the way you get into heaven is you earn it. You got to abide by the law. You got to follow every law. You got to earn it. And Christ said, you can't earn it. No one can be good enough to earn the kingdom. So Jesus did what we could not do. He lived the perfect life. He obeyed every law that we could not fulfill. And then Jesus died to pay for the penalty of our sins. And so, Jews, Gentiles, you both get in the same way. Not through the law. So the wall came down. How do you get in? Through grace. Through faith. It's not about what you do. It's about what He did. You come in through grace. And then the wall came crashing down. It's no more clean versus unclean. There's no more us versus them. They're just us. All of us saved by grace. Now, He did that 2,000 years ago. He brought two very different people together. And the good news is that by the cross, He is still doing that today. And Christ Jesus is still smashing down those walls, those dividing walls of hostility that keep the races apart. And Jesus Christ is still smashing them down. Now let me give you an example of, of how he does this. Two different ways, okay? Let me hear you guys say first identity. Okay, now let me hear you guys say level the playing field. Okay, now how does Jesus Christ bring two I mean, people of all different backgrounds under the same banner of Christ, those two ways, first identity and levels the playing field. Now, Pastor Aaron, would you stand up? I'm going to try to illustrate this, okay? I want you guys to take a good look at Pastor Aaron. I want you guys to take a good look at me. Now, we could spend a lot of time focusing on the differences, right? Like, Pastor Aaron is like, he's two times, yeah, thank you. 
You guys said it, not me, right? Burly, 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 burly. And he's got facial hair that would take me a lifetime to grow. That's differences right there. Now we can go into ethnicity, family, what you eat growing up. I ate like rice porridge and salty egg. You know, we could talk about like, you know, culture, all the differences in culture. And we could come up with a very big list of all the differences. But here's the thing. There is one thing that we have in common. And that one thing outweighs all the differences. Just, just one thing. That one thing is that Pastor Aaron is a Christian. And I happen to be a Christian too. Now, first identity. Okay? Now, his identity, like, Pastor Aaron, who are you? And you, you might say, I'm, a, I'm a, a pastor, I'm a father of three. But his first identity is child of God. Okay, same for me. You know, who am I? Well, I, I'm a man, I'm Asian American, but my first identity, child of God. We are both children of God, which means we both have the same father, which means we have common values, a common worldview, a common mission, a common purpose, one Lord, one Savior. We have everything in common because we have Christ in common. The, the dividing wall comes right down because we both have Christ. Now, here's another thing. That is first identity, but the, the cross also levels the playing field. Now, let me give you an example of this. This is what the different cultures tend to do, different churches tend to do. They find one or two things that they do really, really well. And they say, this one thing that we do well, that means everything. And all the other things don't mean nothing. It's just this thing that we're really good at. And so what they tend to do is they take pride in that thing and they look down on the other cultures, right? Okay, now, Pastor Aaron, you are in the kingdom, how did you get in the kingdom? Was it because there was something special about burly men? You know, was there something, something special? About you? There was something good that you did where God said, you know, this person is worthy of being in my kingdom. How did you get in? Nothing. Grace. Grace? Wow, that's the same way I got in. There's nothing special about me either. What does the cross do? It levels the playing field. No church can say, hey, we're so good at this, and we're looking down on all the other churches. You can't do that. Because we both got in through the same door. Grace. We both didn't deserve it. We're both sinners in need of a Savior. We came in the same way. The cross levels the playing field. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Eric. <clears throat> Last week... We saw two different churches united under the same banner, that's Christ. Two different churches united under the same banner of Christ. That dividing wall, there was no wall. Why? Why? Because in our first identity, we are children of God, and that makes everyone around the room a brother and a sister in the same family. One mission, one purpose. We're working together, we're praying together. <clears throat> one Lord, one Savior, oneness. We're diverse. But there was unity amid diversity, wasn't there? And you know something? No church said, hey, we do this really well and that's the only thing that counts and was looking down on the other church. Why? Because we all got in through the same door. Grace. He preached peace to those who were near. And he preached peace to those who were far. Doesn't matter if you were near, far, clean, obey the law, didn't obey the law, Jew, non-Jew. 
We both got in through grace. So we're equals. We're brothers in the same family. Aren't you glad you have a God who smashes down walls? Can I get an amen? It is really cool just to see um, us come together and do this. I mean, Pastor Andrew, thank you so much for sharing that word, man. Just, I wanted to jump up, but I didn't. And uh, especially after now that Pastor Calvin says I was jumping up like crazy. So I didn't want everybody to see that. But man, I just, I just so felt what you were saying and just love that idea that the power of the cross can do way more than we could ever imagine or think. Would you guys agree with that? Like... Like for real, for real, like the power of the cross has done some transformative, amazing, crazy stuff. And like, man, sometimes we need things like this to remind us just how powerful it is. Because as humans, we get busy in life and we go through life and it's easy for us to forget. Like, man, like this isn't just a religious movement. Christianity isn't a religion. It is transformation. It is people who were once dead now becoming alive. And we forget. We get busy with church and being religious and all this stuff. But this week we saw the power of the cross. That it's not about us being religious and doing good works. But it is about Jesus. Jesus, the King of all kings, literally giving us life. Giving us life, and we've seen that this week. So, man, I'm just so reminded and encouraged and inspired by the power of the cross. Pastor Andrew talked about how the power of cross of the cross has broken down the wall of hostility. We now can worship together because of what Jesus did. So we are presently now here doing that. We are here because of the power of the cross. So presently we have and can feel that power. But do you know, as Pastor Andrew alluded to and Pastor Dave, that it also points to something else. It also points to the fact that heaven will be just like this. Now, I want you to think about this. As as Pastor Sirius said this earlier, sometimes church can be so segregated and not even just racial lines. It could be economic lines, right? The rich want to chill with the rich. And the poor want to kick it with the poor. And the middle class want to, I don't know what they want to do. But nonetheless, they're in the middle confused. But nonetheless, think about this. We do that as a part of our fallen nature. We want to be around people that think like us and have the same worldview of us and, 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 and even looks like us. We want that. We fight for that. And what's crazy is that we'll, we'll literally try to arrange that at times to where that's the case. But do you know, I want you to understand that in heaven, there is no room for setting beside people who you want to set beside. There is no room for I'm going to talk to that person because they're just like me. There is no room for that in heaven. There will be no hostility. There will be no cultural anything. It'll be all of us coming together. And Revelations 5, starting in verse 9, here's what a vision of heaven says. Revelation 5. Verse nine, it says, and they sang a new song. So this is heaven. This is what heaven's going to be like saying worthy are you. This is what they're singing. Worthy are you, King Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals 
for you. By the way, context, there was scrolls, symbolic. You've seen this in the book of Daniel, where the scrolls have been shut up. And no matter what godly act that they tried to do, they could never open up these scrolls. It was shut down. There was no access. There was no entrance to the revelation of God. And then in heaven, there's this scene where it shows where the elders and the people in heaven began to look and they there was no one there to open the, the seals. They were like, what? And then King Jesus emerges. And this is what they sing. He is the one who is about to open the revelation of heaven to everyone. So he comes up and here's what happens. Worthy are you to take these scrolls that have been sealed. That word sealed is important there because it's this idea when a king would would send a document He would take its own, like his ring, he would have a ring, he would dip it in like this tar-like substance, and then he would put it on that document. And that meant that no one can open that until it got to the right one. So if someone opened that seal that wasn't supposed to open that seal, there was the penalty of death. So these symbolic thing is that the revelation of God because of our sin had been shut down and the seal was there and no one could open it. Heaven was shut because of our rebellion. And yet Jesus comes in and, the, and heaven realizes and they said, worthy are you, Jesus, to take the scroll that had been sealed by God himself and that had shut the door to heaven. Worthy are you to take open its seals. Worthy are you to open heaven for us. Worthy are you, God, to open heaven for all people. Keep reading on. For you were slain. So why is Jesus worthy to open the, seal, the seals? Because he was slain. He was sacrificed. He demonstrated his love. And by your blood, King Jesus, you ransomed, you rescued, you saved. Think about that. Have you thought about that lately? That King Jesus has rescued us from hell and destruction and punishment and what we were actually longing for? He rescued us. He ransomed us. And then look at what it says. Ransomed. He purchased people, you and I, for God. Listen to that. Jesus <laughs> purchased you and I, those of us who are Christians, Christians. He purchased us not for ourselves, but for God. He purchased us for God. So those of us who are Christians, we've been redeemed, ransomed, rescued, purchased, not to live for ourselves, but for God himself. We are his prized possession. We have been purchased by the blood that was slain by Jesus Christ. So check about this. Ransomed the people for God. If it stopped there, we could say, man, that is awesome. But he wants to tell you what this people looks like. He wants to tell you what heaven is going to be like. And it says, you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Wow. Heaven was shut because of our rebellion. 
A holy God can in no way fellowship with sinful, rebellious people. But because he loved us so much, he sent his son Jesus to open the seals. And in turn, he opened up heaven again, this relationship that we have with God. But not only that, it wasn't just for Jews. It wasn't just for rich people. It wasn't just for those who speak Spanish. It was from, it says literally, every tongue. I want you to picture heaven. I mean, just close your eyes real quick. I'm almost done here. Picture heaven real quick. What do you picture? Everybody's still looking at me. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and picture heaven. So what we know for sure, there'll be a throne. Just keep your eyes closed and picture this. There's a throne and I'm sure there's a lot of light. I can tell you that there are no pudgy cupids flying around. That's not true. So there's a light, there's a throne, and there's all these people that are scattered around this throne, and they're on their knees, and they're crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So think about that. So you got heaven? What language are they speaking? (laughs) Think about it. Let's keep it real. We think that heaven is going to be in English. (laughs) Or if you're Spanish, we think it's going to be in Spanish. Like if you speak Spanish, you think it's going to be in Spanish. Look, I have no idea what it's going to be like as far as language, but I know there's not going to be a dominant culture there. There's not going to be a dominant language other than a heavenly language. And we will come together, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people, and there will be a throne and we will bow down and we will worship God forever. Everybody say forever. And there's no room in this for us to be like, nah, I don't like the way she smells. You know what? I don't like that he wears jeans to church. You know what? I don't like it that He's not in the same economic bracket that I'm in. I don't like it that he looks different or she looks different than me. You see, we make a mockery of the cross and what Jesus did when we think like that as the people of God. It says, by your blood, this ultimate price, this ultimate sacrifice, by your blood, you have rescued this people. And there is no room in the kingdom of God. And that's what we saw this week. We put down all the the fears and the walls of hostility and the barriers. And we said, you know what? We are one people. We are the kingdom of God here on earth. And as Gilbert's testimony showed earlier, that's what people saw. That man who said, man, I feel like it's all lip service. They saw the actual gospel being lived out by CLC and LHNC this past week. And man, that is a beautiful picture. So let me let me in closing, let me say this. Get used to this. Fight for this. Listen, listen, not just get used to this. Fight for this. Make it your mission in life to live out the gospel in such a way where there are no barriers. There's no economic barriers. There's no racial and ethnic barriers. None of that. No city barriers. I'm from Oakland. No, I'm from Richmond. Skip all that. Fight for this picture. That's what we have this morning. Fight for it.
Live that out so that there will be more people that Gilbert talked to that, that are just like that who, who say, look, I don't know, I've, I've visited other things, but I know this, this is real because they live it out. Man, thank you, LHNC and CLC. I can't tell you. LHNC, let me address you real quick. Man, I am so proud to be one of your pastors. I am so proud to be able to say that I serve alongside you, to see you guys faithfully come every single day and just give your life and your smiles away was an amazing thing. And CLC, let me just say this. You guys have taught us so much. We have learned so much from you guys. We have seen you on this journey of becoming the authentic church of Christ, and we're now involved in that. And I just want to say thank you for allowing us to go on this journey with you. And not only that, so LHNC, can we give CLC a big hand? Amen. And the same goes to you. You guys faithfully were just serving this week, faithfully giving of your time and your life and your smiles to our city. And man, I am just so proud to be a part of that. So, so proud.